Bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Tonight, I'm joined by George. You can say uh, you can say hi. <laughs> you can follow him <laughs> on Twitter at jmontanez90. Now you can say hi, George. What's going hey, on? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much, man. So, uh, another day, another position to break down. Today's episode 57, and we are breaking down second base. But it's also the beginning of December. With that being said, it's a perfect time for you guys to jo- come and join us on Patreon. What we offer here at Patreon is something as simple as joining our community. We have a Discord chat. We offer something as simple as that, or we offer draft services, personalized rankings, streaming charts, et cetera, et cetera. It's really worth checking out. That's patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. And one more thing I want to plug is just if you have the moment, a rating review, that'd be really good. It's greatly appreciated. Nevertheless, guys, just listening is honestly enough for us but we do appreciate anybody who takes the time to check out our patreon page or drop us a rating review it really helps now to be completely honest these are so like right now in the off season these are a little pre-recorded and we pre- we recorded the second base preview but literally 24 hours after Mustaka signed and yeah. vr and mm-hmm. vr found <laughs> and vr found a home so i was fortunate enough to get george back on just to touch on that prior to getting into the second base preview again the second base preview was pre uh pre-recorded so when you get to those names you can kind of like ign- kind of ignore it not really ignore it some of the stuff's still relevant but this is gonna be more a fresher take on the on, on these situations so yeah for sure it's still still relevant they don't i mean you know about, yeah ignore it was the wrong word but it was um just more or less like this is what this is our new and updated opinion on vr and Mustakis in particular the rest yeah. of the, the rest of the 30 players we talk about because we talk about almost all 30 of our top 30. The rest of those players are still very much relevant. But let's start with Moustakis. He gets signed four years, 60-something, 60 $64 million, I think it was, to the Reds. Yeah. He has a home. It's not really – it's actually a, technically a park downgrade, but it's still one of the best parks to hit in in the, in the league. And this was the type of signing I wanted to see. He moves up to 11th for me, which, again, if, when you get back to that, that part in the rankings – I have, we, I think we both had him right, right around that 13 range. I told you something like this was going to be how he got back up to that 11th spot. And for me, this is what I need to see. He's 11th for me overall. And I love the spot. And it's just – it is what it is. I think it's pretty much same – same. he should have the same um, value as, as, as last year. That top 120-ish pick, solid. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that, you know, just – I mean, well, first of all, they don't call it Great American Small Park for no reason, you know. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, Milwaukee is a good place to hit. Cincinnati is a good place to hit. It doesn't really move the needle for me uh, with Mustakas. The thing is, like, you just – I feel like this the relevancy and just the freshness of, of him signing is going to move him up a lot of draft boards. Um, oh, yeah. For me, yeah. You know, and for me, it's, it's more of, of neutral, you know, just – yeah, I think I'm, I'm right there with you, like mm-hmm. one around, you know, top 120. Um, I, I do like that, you know, he's likely going to hit, you know, clean up, uh, probably better position, better uh, spot in the lineup than he was hitting in, in Milwaukee last season. And then, uh, you know, he, he has a set position. He's going to be playing second base. And then, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's probably going to give you the, the, you know, 250 and 35 plus home runs. He's going to be solid. Exactly, and he's somebody you can fall back on for power, and it just helps the second base position a little more. And it looks like he's going to be holding on to that second base position eligibility and might lose third, but that's fine because third base is actually really deep. So right. we're, we're going to talk about third base another night. But we're going to go ahead and um, that's going to cover Moose, really. The next one, though, is VR. He found a home, and initially – and I'm still not really sold because he found a home. He was signed by the Marlins, but – how much, like, I'm not buying in because the Marlins Park, those that may not know, Marlins Park is moving in their center field a little bit. So he's gaining a little bit of assistance there, you know, about 10 feet one way and like three feet or four feet another another part all in center field. 
I haven't looked at his actual average distance home run and how, how often he hit homers in center field and how far they were. But you got to think regardless, even with these fix, helps, even with the fences being fixed or brought in, it's not going to be that much help to somebody like him as a power hitter. It can't, it can't hurt, but it's not I – don't, I personally don't see this being much of a needle mover for me. And I was already kind of low on him as it was coming into the season. So, I don't know. I'm kind of out on VR, especially at his draft price. Right, yeah. So, I think initially I had mentioned that, you know, he was just going a little too high originally to begin with for me. I was more comfortable with him going in maybe like the fifth round yeah, as opposed to like second or third round. And what this move does for me is, yeah, it just kind of confirms that uh, I didn't think that he would be, you know, hitting 20 plus home runs again. I think he's probably going to go back down to, you know, um, 15, 18, maybe. about 15. Yeah. Maybe about 15 home runs. Now, can he still 40 bases? Yeah, absolutely. He can. Um, should, not, he should be leading off and with a green light, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, he's going to such like, it's a downgrade in the park factors for sure. And then downgrade in the lineup. I mean, you take a look at this lineup and it's like, you know, Starling Castro led the team in runs last season with 68. I mean, that's, that's atrocious. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. he, he also led the team in RBI with, with 86. So you're looking at, you know, like around 150 total, you know, runs in RBI from their leader. And then Castro's a free agent, you know, so that they're not even, you know, they won't even be bringing him back. He's, he won't be there. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a downgrade. Um, I other, think other than stolen bases, maybe a batting average, it's pretty much a D Gordon type of player, but like with less speed upside than where D Gordon was going a couple years ago, you know, a little, yeah, more power, yeah. a little more power upside, of course, but I feel like you're paying for the speed and right now you're paying a premium because the ADP hasn't adjusted yet, but I still don't think it's ever going to adjust fully to where we would like to see it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, shoot, if you're, Really, you're right. You're paying for the speed because if you're, you know, hoping to get 40 steals and can you really be guaranteed that he's going to help anywhere else other than steals? I mean, why not wait, you know, 150 picks later and just take a chance on D Gordon, you know, or like, Tom, like you or mentioned. Tommy Edmond. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get to a lot of these guys um, later in this podcast. Again, this was just an updated look at the position as a whole. So, I, or I shouldn't say as, as a whole, but at least for these two name these two players, because the signings happened after literally less than twenty four hours after we recorded. So, podcasts are pre recorded, so you're getting this updated feel to it, and the rest of our thoughts that are still relevant and up to date. So, hope you enjoy the rest of it, guys. And um, yeah, let's get to it. We can start right at the top. I mean, I see. I mean, for me, it's Altuve. Is that still your number one second baseman, or? Yeah, so I mean, Altuve has long been kind of the number one second baseman, and again, he he, I have him number one going into next season, but it's not as clear anymore. I, I think we got plenty of good young talented hitters that are coming up uh, and closing the gap, but I do have him number one still. And it's crazy because I did my preview on this position as a whole, and although it's deeper than I realized, it just lacks that obvious elite talent. I had it a does. top. I have a. I have top. I have five in my top tier: Altuve, Marte, Torres, Albies, and Hira. In that order, I know we differ a little bit, so we'll get to that. But just to show you that, I think the position is solid. It just lacks that true stud. These the earliest you see a second a second baseman taken is like late second round, maybe mid, because people get cute and take Torres a little early. But yeah, yeah. So I, I'm with you. We I think we have that clear five top tier in those five that you name. And then after that, it's kind of up in the air. Almost feels a little like the catcher position. Um, Just a a lot of dart throws, um, a lot of unknown. So we're going to get through it here. But yeah, I think think I still have Jose um, Altuve here at the top. He he did have a, a career year with 31 home runs. I mean, in the juice ball year, I'm looking at his stat cast page and I don't think he reaches 30 home runs again. And it's a little concerning that he's had, you know, knee issues. Uh, If you look at each of the last three seasons, you see a pattern of uh, decline in the number of games and the number of steals. So uh, yeah, if he's not going to get, you know, 20 to 30 steals anymore, and you don't think that the power can be sustained, 
I mean, I can easily see someone like Cattell Marte or, uh, you know, any of these other in the top tier, you know, passing him up. I just happen to have my steamer projections for every one of these players, which is awesome. I guess a good thing about these previews is I have steamer projections readily available, and I'm just looking <laughs> at them, and he's a, you're going you're gonna to get five of four solid categories, and they project him for 12 stolen bases. I'd honestly be surprised if he got there. I think he, is, I think he still has the speed, too. But yeah. it's, it's just – I don't know how much they're going to have them run, like you said, with knee and the, just the no need. They just don't need their guys to steal. I think 10 stolen bases would be I'd, – I'd be happy to get that. I'd be surprised. It gives me a little more optimism in me taking him tonight in our, in our mock draft. But I take him with knowing I'm going to get four solid categories with potential for double-digit steals, but I wouldn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're if you're going into 2020 drafting Jose Altuve thinking that, oh, now he's this, you know, 30 home run hitter, uh, I think you'll be mistaken. And, yeah. and you definitely shouldn't be drafting him like with that intent, because I mean, every, everything looks the same. I mean, as far as the exit velocity kind of looks right in line with his career. Uh, it, it's not great. You know, it's only 12th percentile. Um, you know, launch angle is right, right there. 8.8 uh, degree launch angle. It's right in line. Uh, it's actually the lowest. Uh, of his career but it's not too far off from the 9.5 and 9.1 previous two years but uh yeah I just if you're going into 2020 buying him as this like you know power riser that he's just going to be a you know 300 batting average and and 30 home runs uh, I think that'd be a mistake the guy I am buying into for next year I don't think he's gonna hit what he have 32 home runs this year in Catal Marte but for me he's number two because I think a lot of, I mean, the Statcast data is backing it up. He did have a, he had, he doubled his launch angle, so the the power gains are real, just not as real as thirty two home runs. Another guy that I think we're looking at twenty five ish, but still a solid floor across the board. Sprint speed in the seventy third percentile, solid profile, doesn't strike out a lot, walks a good amount. Woba, X Woba, all the good, all the stuff's good. Hard hit rates only fifty fifth percentile, but. Again, he's pulling the ball more. He's lifting the ball more. I think we're still looking at a 300 hitter, 23 to 25 home runs, solid RBI and run production. Just, again, solid across the board production, safe high floor. Yeah, so he's he probably comps most similarly to, to Jose Altuve, <laughs> and yeah. the StatCast data kind of supports his breakout a little bit more, supports his previous season. So – uh, yeah, I mean, if you can, if you're looking at Jose Altuve in the second, but you can get Cattell Marte in the third or fourth round, I mean, you know, I, I'm buying that. I'm buying Cattell Marte as someone who can give you more value, you know, than than Altuve uh, a round or two later. You know who we're seeing go above both of them a lot and pretty frequently, especially like in NFBC formats and like a lot of the bigger some of these early money leagues is uh Gleyber Torres right I, I put him third but I'm not even comfortable with him third at the position it's just the position kind of it's upside versus a little bit of floor which we'll get to in, in Aussie Albies for me those two kind of take up the next two spots but Torres like you look at his stat cast page and it's worse than Marte's it's I I'm surprised like 38 home runs he did hit 30 home runs or sorry he hit 24 the year before if he takes a step like where you're taking him or seeing him taken in drafts, if he takes a step back in any category, you're basically losing profit on him. Right. Yeah. We're seeing him being, you know, drafted really high right now. Uh, Glaber Torres, a lot of people are on Glaber Torres. And like you said, the, the stat cast data doesn't look great. Now, you know, there, we know it's not everything. It. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. it's not everything. Yeah. It's not everything. You know, obviously he has a terrific ballpark. He's in a good lineup. Um, you know, so maybe you could buy the rise in power a little bit more, you know, just given, given the stack cast data that doesn't necessarily back it up, but yeah, I have Glaber number three, uh, for me behind, behind, uh, Cattell Marte, but, uh, I mean, I'm not so sure we're right here with these five guys that can kind of go in any order and I'm not so sure I'm buying the 40 home run upside in, in Torres, uh, but he's still, I mean, the upside's was, there. The upside's there, absolutely, yeah. yeah I, meant I, to, I, I meant to look it up, but I, you know he killed the Orioles last year, and that was like legitimately like a fourth of his production, production, like a home run production. It was crazy how well he hit against them. And I'm wondering, I mean, you can't say take those away, but you got to think the Orioles do improve a little bit. 
and the, if the ball is less juice, it's just I'm wondering, is he closer to the 260, 270 hitter? Because I think he hit 260-something, 267 in the second half, I believe it was, off the top of my head. And I guess my point is, is what if he's closer to a 260, 265-ish hitter with 28 home runs? Is that really valuable? No, it's it, not where you have to take him. And right. I mean, I get, I think that's his floor. So it's not a bad floor. It's just, I'm afraid that he's going to, I'm afraid he's more of the, going to hit the floor. And plus, what is he bat seventh in that lineup? Sixth in the lineup? Like, granted, the lineup is stacked top to bottom, but you're still looking at less play appearances. So less opportunities for stats. And again, the draft equity just doesn't seem to be there. He might be teetering on that bust candidate for me. I still haven't come out with enough busts to make a bust podcast or article. But he's teetering. He's one of those guys where it's like, I just can't get behind his early draft price. And right. another guy, sorry, he's just another guy that Marte's going after, that you can just keep falling back on Marte because no one's buying Marte, but everyone's all in on 22-year-old Gabriel Torres. Yeah, so I'm with you there as far as like, you know, it's I don't necessarily – I don't necessarily not like Torres. It's just I don't like where he's going. Yeah. Um, right. Same thing with Pete Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's a good Alonso. comp if you think about, like, the value. Um, or lack of. You know, where's the value to be had there? Yeah, with where they're going. Uh, I'm with you. So, I'm a little skeptical about his draft price right now. Uh, and, I mean, you like the situation. You like the the park. Like I said, the the lineup. It looks like he played most of his games batting out of the around fifth spot in the lineup. Okay, so there's RBI opportunity there for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that was without Stanton and Judge for most of the year, right? That's true. Yeah, they did play a lot of a lot of games uh, last year with with their main guys. They're missing main guys in the middle there. And both of those guys would definitely at least Stanton because I know Judge was there uh, towards the end, but Stanton would definitely bump them down a spot. So you're looking at six, seven in that lineup, like I said. So that's my that's another part of the concern. Like you're drafting some. Like, I don't like taking somebody batting the bottom half of a lineup as a core piece to my, uh, to my, uh, you know, my foundation of a fantasy roster, but yeah. Yeah. Now if he's going like in the fourth round, I like, I would like that. Now, yeah. you know, every, every draft is different. Uh, so if you can get you him there, know. sure. Yeah. If you can get him like in the fourth round as your second baseman. Yeah. I, I could buy that. Look, I, I, I always say this. I, I will never say I won't draft somebody because everybody has a price, but I've yet to see Torres fall to a price I'm willing to pay. That's all. Like right. He's always gone before I'm willing to buy him. You know, but you know a guy that's growing on me just for his consistency and just a solid 2020 floor, batting average is Ozzy Albies. Like, he's not exciting. I think there's still a next level to his potential, but he's just another guy that's kind of like steady Eddie, you know what you're getting. You get him in the fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth round and just kind of, boom, done. Got my second baseman. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much covers him. But Hira, we both have him at five. Yeah, so I actually have here at four, uh, right okay. ahead of Ozzy Albies. Okay, um, I have Albies at four and here at five. So we're not yeah. far off, but go ahead. Right, yeah, so uh, Albies, he's flashed. You know, he's he's kind of been a, a streaky hitter here and there. Uh, I think he could improve on that plate discipline as far as taking more walks. I know he struggles a little more against righties instead of lefties. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think – Basically, what you, we've gotten from him the last two seasons, 24 home runs and 14, 15 steals, he's also been one of those guys that you almost expect to run a little more. You know, maybe you know, what if Alzi Albies was hitting leadoff instead of Ronald Acuna? How, how many more steals would he have? You know, one of those things. But, yeah, I mean, solid 24, mid-20s home runs and, and mid-teens in, in the stolen bases. You can't go wrong with that. That's it's, yeah, at Second base, that's, that's awesome. And that's why I have him fifth in, in that upper tier. The only reason I have Hira a step ahead of him is uh, I like the power potential more with Hira. Hira came up being more of a contact hitter as well. Uh, you look at the stat cast data for, for Keston and, and, you know, his exit velocity, hard hit percentage, everything's right up there. So, you know, he, he hits the ball a ton. I like the ballpark for Hira. He's likely going to be hitting uh, second or third in that lineup as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I just like the power potential a little bit more for Hira. And I think that he can probably steal just as many bases, if not get get pretty close to it. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's why I have here here at number four for me. And I get it. And this was the first name at the position that felt like the potential bust. And not because I don't believe in the talent, just because you're, you know what I mean? It's like high risk, high reward type of bust. Not like, oh, he's a bust where his values. I mean, today we saw him go in the third round of a 12-team draft. That's really, really, for me, that's really early. 
Right, yeah. So I could definitely see Kesson here being one of those helium guys, the same way we're seeing Glaber Torres uh, rising in drafts right now in, in the drafts that we're seeing. I could definitely see Kesson here being one of those guys that, you know, his price gets a little too high uh, in the third round. Uh, I don't see. I don't like that. I don't like here in the third round. I don't, I don't like that because I mean, you look at the strikeout percentage, he struck out over 30%. So you're thinking, you know, he's going to be pretty streaky if that continues. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he's going to the third round, I, I don't necessarily like that, but he is, he is one of my favorite second basemen. So I have him a little bit higher than most. You know a guy that is ranked six for me that goes – I think he actually might go above all these guys in ADP in a lot of drafts, or at least was before the news, is Jonathan VR. I had him ranked sixth prior to the news, so he was already a bust candidate for me anyway where he was going. Yeah. Now, this, now this whole trade or the DFA happened or whatever, and now it's really – it's literally I'm not moving him up or down. Definitely not moving him up. But I'm not moving him down yet until I see where he goes. But what are your thoughts on him? Like you have him, I think six as well. Yeah, I think uh, everyone in our Fantrax staff, I think, had him. Well, four out of five had him six. I think one person had him ranked number one. Which, well, and he, that was his ADP. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I but I think most are on board with us as him being that next one after that that tier that top tier of five players. And he's someone who, I mean, landing spot's going to be pivotal for him, you know. Uh, it, it's it's all going to really depend on, on where he lands because Camden was just perfect for him. You know, 24 home runs, that was the most he's, he had hit, and that was a career high in home runs. 40 stolen bases, you know. He was looking like that 2016 uh, Jonathan VR. Uh, you would like to see the, you know, the stolen bases, the, the efficiency uh, a little better I think it was right around 75 percent which is fine but I mean it's just going to depend on whether he has the green light or not wherever he lands and so I mean I, I like VR I just like you said his ADP was was up there like you know number one third baseman I'm just not too sure I don't think he I don't think he's going to clear 20 home runs I think he's going to go back to you know mid-teens mid to high teens in, in home runs and then the stolen bases yeah, that's – we'll see where he goes. I mean, do you have any, anywhere, any idea where you might see, you know, where you'd like to see him go? This was the place you wanted him. You know what right. I mean? Like, my big three questions, like, I put I posted on Twitter, right, four days ago, so that's when it happened, when he got uh, let go. At least by the time this is released, probably closer to a week ago. He might even have a home by now. So if he has a home by now, we're going to have to revisit this. But as of right now, Monday, December 2nd, at 1235 a.m. Eastern time, <laughs> God, I'm awake really late. How, <laughs> my questions about him were, how will being away from Camden affect the power output, which you kind of talked about as well? Will the new team hit him leadoff or in the two-hole where he was hitting a lot of the time, or if not all the time last year? And will he still get the green light to run at will? These are all things he had going for him, thus the production that came with it. There's a good chance he goes to a team. And I haven't checked his defensive metrics, but he's always been a defensive liability. So there's a chance he doesn't even go to a contender. And if he does go to a contender, now you're looking at a guy who probably won't – he might be hitting seventh or eighth, which significantly hurts his value. Right. Yeah. So I'm so, kind mm -hmm. of – yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's like, yeah, I have him at sixth, but he's more likely to move down than he is to move up. The only way he moves up is if he goes to another team in the same situation – but maybe even like but he would need a better home park, which is really hard to do than Camden. Because you give me a guy – I have a hard time taking a guy that you're really um, banking on the speed, but the, the home runs are going to fall off. And it's like, why not just take Mondesi? Mondesi goes later in drafts. You know what I mean? Like just – I look at value-based stuff like that, and it's like there's no value to be had with VR right now, especially with this move. And I think people are just taking him where he's going because a lot of people are married to ADP. People love ADP. Now, you know – with VR, you think about landing spots, and it's like there's maybe a couple ballparks you'd, you'd rather see him at. I mean, you know, Colorado, New York. I mean, oh, you I, know what? The Rockies make mo the most sense. The Rockies just need another <laughs> middle infielder. They need another, yeah, they need someone else to clog that outfield. middle infield. They yeah. need somebody else, you know, because Hampson. Oh, I, I did it the other night, actually. I'm not going to do it again. I did it on the other podcast. Can't ruin how perfect I broke that down. Not doing that again. <laughs> 
So yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, think about a team like maybe the Padres who just traded away, you know, middle infielder. They just traded away Luis Urias. Uh, You know, you think maybe the team like the Padres could go after him, a team that's ready to compete. I mean, you look at his stat cast data, even then, like, yeah, I, I, wouldn't like that landing spot at all. I'd probably move him down a couple spots if, if he landed in, in San Diego. I would flip him in Merrifield. That's it. I mean, because where do you, where would, would VR really be leading off of that team? Uh, I don't think so. And then they have uh, Gresham that they really like. They just traded for him. They have him slotted in the two-hole. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, the, t- the, the fit – I see the fit now – that would be a new. I don't know. That would definitely hurt his home run production, but I don't know what it would do for the stolen bases. Would they let him run as much? Maybe not, because you ha- you know you would have potentially Tatis and Machado and Renfro hitting behind him. You know what I mean? And right, yeah, I could see a hit hitting second, but I I don't think he'd be running as much uh, now. I do know that. I mean, San Diego they do run quite a bit, but um, I saw that to Machado last year. Right. Yeah. You just <laughs> never know with these things. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, like, me and you, I feel like he's just a fade for us, especially at his current price. And it does it's, it hasn't gotten better. And the and drafters, early drafters haven't adapted enough, at least from what I've seen. My one FFBC, one, my, my, I had to look at the NFBC stuff, but even that hasn't adjusted yet because not enough leagues are going on. Whit Merrifield at seven, kind of like Ozzy Albies, just quietly decent. I don't really know if I'm buying the 23 stolen base production. Uh, uh, not production, the uh, a projection that steamer has for him yeah he kind of he kind of fell off he's steady eddie solid type but just whatever another guy you can just you if you're aiming for 20 steals you probably will get them but it's not a sure thing anymore but it's just solid you know batting average not really much for home runs but some runs some batting average some stolen bases i put them i put them tier just with uh, him and vr in the same tier for me so that goes to show you like how I value VR, if anything. Yeah, and I think I'm with you there as far as uh, flipping Merrifield and, and VR. I think Merrifield feels much safer at this point, just given the question marks surrounding VR right now. Uh, so I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to be flipping Merrifield to sixth at second base and then moving VR down to seventh. I have Sorry, I'm drinking some water. I haven't done that yet, but there's pro- it's probably going to happen. Now the next tier, we've already made the switch in our first base ranks. Yeah. So LeMahieu, I put LeMahieu 8 instead of 9. So LeMahieu's going to be 8, Muncie 9, McNeil 10. And what keeps Muncie ahead of McNeil for me is the multi-positional eligibility and the, and the power. And it's obvious the power and potential and all that. But it is need-based. If I really need the high floor, I'll take McNeil over Muncie. And you can actually pass on Muncie and wait a little bit on McNeil from what we've seen tonight in early ADP trends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I actually have – I'm with you with uh, DJ LeMahieu. I have him eighth. Uh, kind of like you know you mentioned, we talked about him at the first base pod. Uh, just solid all-around production there with the Yankees. Uh Possible, possibly like you know contributing in five categories you've got the batting average you really can't go wrong with LeMahieu uh then at ninth I actually have Jeff McNeil uh, ahead of Max Muncy uh because of that batting average if you're looking at bat now in OBP I mean I think I probably side with Muncy but uh yeah McNeil I- I'm actually really high on McNeil this this upcoming year especially at second base just given the the landscape of the position I think you're probably looking like at a I kind of compared him to like that Jose Altuve of this last season I think he's going to be given a similar production to what Altuve gave us this, this previous season like up upwards of 30 home runs and a solid 300 batting average I don't really have I'm not sure what to think of him I like him. I, I know that much. I just I'm not as high as I am as you are. I mean, on him, but I don't blame you. I just that's why they're in the same tiers. Uh, um, I might. The problem is with Lemayhew. I want to move him up a tier, but the guys that ranked above him were more of the, like the speed guys. You know what I mean? So I kind of just tiered them by themselves. But Lemayhew, I feel clearly leads this tier. Like it's a clear Lemayhew, and then I would flip flop Muncie McNeil based on team need at that point, honestly. So. That's just my thoughts on it. You actually value McNeil probably right in line with LeMahieu. I yeah. I assume, yes. Yeah, see, I don't. I think there's a clear uh, difference. I could be clearly wrong. 
<laughs> a guy that you are actually pretty high on is uh, Gavin Lux. I th- or at least, I mean, we all are. I have him ranked 11th as well, but that's just pure optimism. I'm not sure I'm going to stick to that because I'm obviously we still have some time, but I don't see any clear path to playing time right now as the roster stands. I mean, you, you just think about what he did in AAA this last season, and it was just no match for him. And it's just like, you know, what, where, did, where can they possibly put him? I mean, that's the problem. They don't have nowhere for him on this roster as it stands. It is a stacked roster again. And it's just like, like, unless there's an injury or they, I think he'd be type, he'd be the type of guy, if they want to go get Lindor, who's in his prime, you put Gavin Lux in that deal, send him over to the Indians where he could play full time. And, you know, then we have a spot for him. And then I feel really comfortable with this ranking. But the farther we go on into the offseason, again, we're still early, but the farther we get going into it, he's going to slowly creep down these ranks because there's guys behind him I really, really like. Yeah, I know. I think they find a spot for him, personally. I think I think they do. And I mean, let's, uh, I, I'm going to pull up the roster right if you want to speak a reasoning real quick. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we saw him last season just completely tear up AAA, completely tore up AA. I mean, there was just no match for him. And there's nothing left for him to do down there. I mean, he's a top prospect. He came up and uh, he showed, you know, elite sprint speed, stole two bases and hit two home runs. But, I mean, this was only in 23 games. It's such a small sample size. I think they find a place for him. And I, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be really good next season, you know, especially in, all, in that lineup. In all seriousness, like what positions I, – I, well, he, he's a middle infield guy, right? Second, right. Short, second, or, second and third maybe, maybe not shortstop. Either way. We can like he's left field is Jacques Peterson. I think he kind of he's gonna keep that, especially on the strong side of the platoon. Max Muncie at second, Justin Turner at third. Turner gets hurt, easy slot in right there. Move Muncie over, boom. Like I get it. Turner's not exactly healthy ever. So that's there's probably gonna be a playing time opening there sooner than later, but you can't bank on it. Cody Bellinger, he's not going nowhere, first base. Corey Seeger, another guy who's easily injured all the time, but right now isn't. He's not going anywhere. Pollock in center field, injury prone, but not going anywhere. And Verdugo coming off an injury. So it's like, I can understand it maybe, but it's like, out of all these guys you na- I named, it's unless they move one or somebody gets hurt in spring training, I don't see them making a spot for Lux over any of them. And I think Lux is better than some, I think Lux is better than some of them, but maybe not better in real life. You know what I mean? Like, I doubt he could play the outfield better than Verdugo or Peterson. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think for me right now, it's just about at this point of, of the offseason, it's just about me trusting the talent that oh, has I, him at, at I, 11 I, for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I have him ranked 11th. I'm just saying I'm a little more, I'm becoming less and less optimistic mm-hmm. as, the, as, the, as the days go by because it's like, well, something's got to give, but if nothing gives, then I, my rank's got to give. You know what I mean? Like, I got to make that adjustment. That's all. It's just a be, be careful, be. If you're going to grab him, grab somebody within the same tier, you probably get on relatively similar – or actually, you can wait on a couple of these guys. Um, Kevin Biggio goes a little behind him. Biggio, solid, a little bit solid, a little bit of power-speed combo. Batting average is a concern. Better in OBP and points leagues for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, is... we're at this point in, in the second base. Now, we're usually not reaching this point with other positions until, like, the mid-teens or later, but we're here at 11, 12 – Yep. Just looking at upside for second base, just looking at, you know, someone who could potentially break out here at this point, you're just kind of, you know, hoping something sticks because second base really, I mean, it's pretty shallow. So, I mean, you got Lux here, a kid who's only had 23 games and we're, you know, we're, we're trying to find this, the upside here in, in these, these picks. Oh, well, I'll show you the upside. Well, first of all, Biggio is some upside and it offers that speed people want. I hate Eduardo Escobar. I only I, I just felt the need to rank him at 14 because there's guaranteed playing time. And I think you're going to get 25 home runs, 85 RBIs, and a 250 batting average. But, but Mike, he just had a breakout year. Yeah, and that was his career year by far an outlier and not supported by any metrics whatsoever. Right. He's going to – he is a 25 home run, 80-ish home run, 80-ish RBI, 250, 255 hitter. That's just always what he's been. I don't suddenly buy the power outage outburst. I'm not banking on it. I'm ranking him as if that never happened, basically. I know it's yeah. ignorant, but there's track record. <laughs> there's track record of metrics that 
really completely back what I'm doing. And I had one guy on Reddit not like it, and he got like negative ten downvotes or whatever. Like however however Reddit works, people were actually like backing me on my reasoning, which never happens on Reddit. Reddit usually hates me, but whatever. I won that one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm right there with you with Escobar. I mean, there's nothing backing this power outburst. It, it, he looks like one of the biggest like beneficiaries of the juice ball. You look at the metrics and everything looks the same throughout his whole career. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) uh, 35 home runs, you know, it's a career year. You look back at 2018, 23 home runs, 21 home runs the season before. Uh, So I'm right there with you in those projections. I think he's probably right around 20 home runs, 260 average, probably going to have decent counting sets because he's going to hit up in the uh, Diamondbacks lineup. So, I mean... Right. So I, I'm right there, like kind of the same reasoning with you. He's at 14 for me as well, just because it's like, well, I mean, where do you put him and who do you put ahead of him right now just in, in this juncture? Because after now there's a bunch of second basemen that are like after this, but it's just like I can't really put them up there quite yet. They're just right now they're sleepers at this point. Um exactly but yeah it's i'm like, kind of right in line with you with escobar it's like if i if you told me tomorrow hamstring has a, is a starting second baseman outfielder whatever hamstring goes above him if you told me low wasn't just the strong side of a platoon low would go above him yeah tommy edmund i'm dying to put him ahead of anybody but right now there's so many mouths to feed you can't guarantee me playing time right yeah Lewis. and so and, that's kind of why i have these guys like right there behind escobar too i have yeah. i have garrett hampson at 15 just for that reason you know it's like if he gets that playing time you know you're looking at you know 15 home runs 30 steals he really came on in, in the second half of the season hampson hit over 30 home run- i mean over 300 <laughs> and then runs, no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no he did hit 300 in the second half and then uh had mo- most of his home run and, and steals uh totals there so I mean, yeah, if you can guarantee me playing time for Garrett Hampson, I'd probably have him a couple spots up here too. I, I know I also have kind of skipped over him a bit, but I have Moustakas at 13. Yeah, Moustakas is another guy, like, as we talked about this position, we kind of just overlooked him because he is just – he's just that guy. But if you need 35 home runs and 90 RBIs with a 250, 260 batting average – Mustakis is your guy. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not going to hurt you. He has second base, third base eligibility. He might even get first base this year, depending on the team he goes to. You're like, he's likely he's likely going to a contender. Most contenders hit in favorable parks. Just, I mean, there's I don't know if there's any real numbers to back that up, but it just feels right to say that. <laughs> I can't really. Think, <laughs> most teams I think about that contender really like great. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're great hitting teams. Nevertheless, Mustakis is just a solid guy that you get you get for power if you need in the middle of the rounds man and but like i don't know just kind of like, like you said we, over, we overlooked him brandon lowe's guy i'm huge on you know i'm all about i have brandon lowe 15 and that's by far the highest of any of our uh draft our rankers at fan tracks i think like a solid amount too i think it was like five picks or more yeah yeah so and i'm looking at him i have him at 20 in my rankings and i think i might be a little too low on him <laughs> I think the problem is, I mean, you can extrapolate all you want. If you take his stats and double them, essentially, because last year he played 82 games. Right. He, he only had 327 play appearances, but I mean. And on a strong side of platoon, you can get 600 play appearances. That's not really much of an issue. It's just that maybe he doesn't hit 30 because you don't take away the juice ball. So maybe he hits 25. But he was still in route to double-digit steals. So you're looking at maybe 10 steals. So you're looking at like possibly a 25 and 10 with a 250-ish batting average, which isn't great, nothing to cry home about. But the fact that you can get double-digit steals with solid power upside towards later and towards, you know, post-150 ADP, I like him as a middle infielder. Definitely better in daily leagues, but I drafted him in my NFBC league. Like I'm a man of my word. I went out and got him for my middle infield spot. Or he even might, might be my starting second baseman, which may have been a – Maybe a little bit of a mistake on my behalf, but nevertheless, <laughs> like I still, I just, I believe in him. I believe in his talent. I think he he did strike out a lot. He walked a little less, but if you, right. his, if you look at his minor league track record, he never struck out nearly as much as this. There, there was obviously some type of you know maybe a little bit of excitement to be on the pros, a little bit of a, a period to adapt. I think this year he can come back, fix that strikeout rate a little bit, correct it in the walk rate a little bit as well, like he's shown in the past in his minor league track record. I just really like the potential there. And I, 
again, another guy that I'm a little more aggressive on in my ranks, but we're at, we're, that's because in the, we're at that point in the draft where he could potentially be a difference maker at the position. Yeah, absolutely. He's got that upside. I'm buying the, the, a bit of a power, you know, from low, um, you know, like power, this is the power's not a problem. The, the power is legit. Yeah. 17 home runs in 82 games. And then the, the year before in 2018 down in combined between triple A and double A had 22 home runs. So the power is there. Now it's just the, it's just the hit tool that's in question really. I mean, 34% strikeout rate. Uh, and then he had a super inflated BABIP at 377. So really it's just the batting averages. That's a bit of a concern. Oh, for sure. And that, but that's why I said, like, if you look at his minor league track record, although he has flashed, you know, better averages as well, the K rates were never near, like, I mean, they might've been close to 30%, but never at or above it. Like he did strike out a lot at some points, but it was always like, I think if I remember correctly, like a mid, like 25, 26% strikeout guy. Yeah. More so. Like yeah. Mid twenties. Yeah. There you go. See, so, yeah, that's the top of my head. That's I want. So, Obviously, the pros, you get challenged a little more. So, yeah, he might still strike out a little more. But I think there's improvements to be had because now that he's had his, like, his rookie season out of the way, even though it was only half a year, I think there's just, you know, and right now, right now as the roster stands, he seems to be in line for not really much of a challenge for playing time most days. And maybe he'll get some lefties, not a lot, but maybe he – but, dude, I, I hate platoons. I understand them. I really do. But yeah. how's, how's a young player – supposed to get better if he's not given the opportunity to grow against you know lefties and all that right i know yeah. i'm sorry like i hate to, <laughs> i know i know it's a little bit of a tangent but it's like jock peterson and other guys that are just really strong righty hitters like schwarber finally showed a little growth i'm hoping he gets a chance to continue that growth coming into 2020 just you're seeing like you give a guy an opportunity How, guys can't get better if they're not given a chance okay i really gotta stop that's a whole other tangent no, yeah, that's true. It is true. You like to see guys uh, get the opportunity to show growth. Like a guy that we kind of that we I, I kind of touched on with the platoon splits earlier in Aussie Albies, he really could struggled mightily against righties uh, the previous year, and now he still hits lefties much better. But he's showing that growth, you know, against righties. So you do like to see these young players get a chance to to improve on that. And it's just, it's like a dying thing. You see, it's like a dying thing in the league. But outside of Brandon Lowe, again, I'm a little higher on Garrett Hampson. I actually have a 16, so we're both kind of optimistic. But again, if he's another guy that if he doesn't show out in spring training, he could lose that starting spot. He's going to fall behind this next tier of guys, which are all pretty much the same to me. Kevin Newman, Tommy Edmond, which I got to flip those two. I think I'm, I'm too high on Newman at 17, but he just feels like such a solid, safe guy. He has a starting job, and he's good for almost 20. He's good for like a 280 bang average and 20 stolen bases. Like, it's hard yeah. to ignore that at this point in the draft. I think that's why I have him above Newman because I, I have him above Newman because of the – like, I feel like there's a more of a certainty of playing time. Sorry, I have Newman above Edmund due to the um, – like, we know he has a, a like starting spot. Yeah, so I have – now I think these two guys are kind of linked to, you know, back to back. I think they're going to be pretty similar uh, with just about everyone else, but I actually have Edmund one spot ahead of Newman. Yeah. And just like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just goes back to what I had mentioned as far as like this point in the off season, I'm kind of just, uh, yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the upside to the player who I think just has the more talent. Um, now I'm with you with Ed Newman, as far as like the playing time, I think he's going to have, you know, Good batting average, uh, maybe runs into 10 home runs, but a good steal source uh, later in drafts. And then Edmund, I think, just kind of has that potential there in St. Louis to, you know, maybe give you up to 15 home runs. Uh, and then obviously has the elite, elite sprint speed to, you know, I give made, you upwards of maybe 30 steals. I made the switch, but I want to see him being given – I want to hear that he's – being given the full-time opportunity because if he is i think i'm going to move him up like right there in that moustakis range at 13 14 range yeah because i just want like he would jump like right now you tell me he has a starting spot he's jumping low and hampson just because of the speed and the batting average because his profile is amazing great contact skills speed is amazing like up like probably like probably was it, like 99 percentile speed it's ridiculous it's fast yeah so I really like Tommy Edmond. I just don't trust the playing time. Maybe I need to be a little more aggressive and just, like you said, chase 
take take the talent and let the rest figure itself out. Danny Santana, I he's low for both of us as far as like he's behind he's behind these guys, and yet in drafts he's going like twenty plus picks ahead of them. Yeah, yes, Santana's going right that twenty twenty. People are chasing that twenty twenty upside, but the batting average is going to fall. It was um. It was like it took a hit in the second half. The K rate is like almost thirty percent. He he depends too much on the bad bip, and there's just a lot of potential. And he and the like I said, the K rate's too much. Too much swing and miss in his game. I don't know, man. I mean, I understand the twenty twenty potential with the multi positional eligibility, but ultimately, it's I'm just I don't know, man. I'm not chasing what the price he's at. Yeah, and that plate discipline we kind of talked about on the Oof. first base rankings. That plate discipline is terrible. You can, mm-hmm. I can definitely see. I touched on this in the in the other pod, pod, first base podcast. Now, you know, with that plate discipline, striking out upwards of thirty percent and only walking four point nine percent this past season, I could see him going on prolonged slumps that could maybe cost him some playing time. Um, so that's that's kind of a concern for me there with Santana. That's so why I got him down at uh, nineteen. Um, another guy with kind of a similar profile to, to low that I actually have at 16, Michael, Sh- Michael Chavez. <laughs> Chavez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chavez. Chavez. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, see, I have Ch- Chavez. Chavez. Well, how do you say it? I have him at 22, actually. I'm way lower than you guys on him. Yeah. I, I think he profiles. You're right. He does profile similar. Maybe I need to be higher on Chavez or lower on, on, on low. What? I don't know, man. I think, but Lowe also had the prospect pedigree. So Chavis didn't. Chavis just kind of came out of nowhere. What, what, what was his nickname? The something horse? Ice horse? Oh, I'm not sure. sure. <laughs> I think it was ice horse. People loved because I did a deep dive on him. People were like all about it. Oh, ice horse, he's awesome or something like that. I don't remember his nickname. I'm not, sorry, Boston fans. I know we're like, it's like you can't say anything bad about him, but I don't know, man. I'm not, not in on Chavis all that much, but if you need a little bit of late power, multi-positional eligibility, again, plate comes into play here. Um, I can see it. I just rather take low. <laughs> I, 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 pick, I guess I'm picking the two. You know what I mean? I'm picking out of the two. I think, oh, you know what the difference was, I think, was the speed upside. I think low offered better batting yeah, average Yeah, he does upside. offer a little bit more speed. He offers potential for 10. I think 10 steals are, is a legitimate, a legitimate potential and hitting for like 255 plus compared to Chavis can hit like 240, and I wouldn't be surprised. So that's yeah. what it was for me. You know, a guy I just moved up to 20th in my rankings, and I want to move him up higher, but I'm afraid they're going to get Rendon or another guy is uh, Nick Solak. Right, yeah. So I know I know you're high on, on Nick Solak as a good sleeper. I just put him at 20 in my rankings. Like He wasn't yeah. 21. Um, I like him, man. It's, a, it's simple. Power speed, flashed it in the minors, flashed it a little bit last year. Batting average, about 265-ish or so, 270. Probably potential for better. And you can get them at the end of your drafts. It's hard to pass on anybody with double-digit speed upside. I mean, projection shows him at eight. I can see him getting ten. I'm not saying he will, but it's definitely within realm of possibility. No issues. Twenty-one home runs, definitely also there. That's where his projection stands. So, yeah, I haven't looked. Right, yeah, I haven't looked too much into Solak, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, I have him down at uh, 25. You're not far off. Five spots different. What, yeah. What, One guy I have. About? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to go keep going down my rankings here. At 21, I have D. Gordon. I mean, I do you see this? him being a 30-plus steal source again? Because I, I didn't mean, even rank him. He's not even in my didn't. top 30. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He's not even in my top 30 because I refuse to roster rabbits. I, that's what he is to me now. He's just, you know, a 25 stone base guy, 270-ish average. Why would I take like, – but there's no – there's like four home run upside and limited RBI and run opportunity because as long as he's with the Mariners, I mean, unless – I'm pretty sure they batted him at the end of the – at the bottom of the lineup. I think they're still going to bat him at the bottom of the lineup. His opportunities are limited. The play, um, the uh, injury risk is there still with him. He gets hurt like every year now. I'm just out on him completely, and it shows that. I mean, I have people. I might put him in my top thirty over like Arias, maybe. But as of right now, he's not even in my top thirty. Yeah. Well, just... if you <laughs> if you look at Fantrax ADP right now, I'm looking at the current Fantrax ADP. He's going as the 18th second baseman off the board at pick 284. 
I mean, I don't hate that at 284. Yeah. If you can get, you know, potentially 30 steals at 284. And this is Roto League only. I mean, well, there's no those way. Those are there's... best ball, I think. Right. right so the problem is and another thing with those, uh, the ADP fan tracks, unfortunately, as much as I try to be a, you know, a homer, because that's what we write for. If you look at their ADP right now, I'm getting, I bet you that some of the names that, I bet some of these names aren't on there. Because some of these players aren't eligible at second base on the system that we have right. in our ranks. So, 18th, he. I, I bet you if like you included all the names that are included here, I bet you Keyboom isn't included, and Keyboom probably goes ahead of him or close to it, or yeah. still not names like stuff like that. Just wouldn't be surprised if like I don't think Solak is uh, second base eligible in in the in the ADP data. So it's just slightly skewed. Yeah, yeah, and this is for standard five by five. Now, if we're talking like OBP or points league, yeah, D Gordon goes way down. I take a bunch of these guys ahead of him. I would take, you know, Robinson Cano ahead of him. I'd take Tommy Lastella ahead of him. So, I mean, we're we're talking. I have him ranked twenty one here. You're not. I get based it. on five by five, just because of how late he's going, and you know the potential for thirty steals that that late. Okay, I I, did, I am looking up NFBC draft just draft championship draft champions league. Those are kind of different special cases, but where is he going in draft champions? People need speed, so it might get pushed up a little bit. But um, wow, he's pretty down there. One second, twenty fourth uh, second base off second baseman off the board there. So yeah, you're pretty spot on. Uh, people like Brandon Lowe going ahead of him, Garrett Hampson, Colton Wong, Kevin Newman. People are just not big. And and you know what? Here's a guy who's actually going to make my second base rankings now. I meant to add him because I think he will. I think there's a good chance he breaks camp with the team is Nick Madrigal. I'd rather have Nick Madrigal. You can wait a little longer and get him on your team still. Yeah, he's going to be one that I need to add to my rankings now that, you know, it's I think looking like they're opening a spot. Yeah, it looks like they're opening a spot for him on the opening day roster. Right now, without looking much into it, I could put him – I can't spell his name right – I could put him 28th, 29th in my rankings easily. And I'm thinking about moving him up above. Like, I'm actually going to put him up above. I'll put him higher. Probably around 26th. I like the upside of the speed. I'd rather have him over Cano, Colton Wong, and Odor. I think Lestella yeah. might be. He's in that tier, though. It's all about preference. And I usually, like, we're talking about him. He can have, he's legitimately 300 hitter, 30 plus stone base, like, legitimate upside. He's a late round flyer for speed and batting average for sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And then now, you know, especially with that lineup, well, looking, lineup you know, looks much amazing. better. Right. Yeah. And then possibly adding, you know, Luis Robert to that too. I mean, top prospect coming up. So, so yeah, I, I, I like the outlook for that. So, I mean, these, these second base rankings are going to change a bit, you know, at the later we go on, but. One guy I already had, I was like, I think I was the only one that had him in my top thirty, or was close to the only one, was Luis Luis Urias. Yeah. Urias. Now I feel like he's gonna be on everyone's top thirty because of the, the the park change, the playing time potential, kind of boosts him. I think he's worthy of a late round flyer in almost every league, middle infield, obviously type of thing. But yeah, absolutely, he's, we could, he's interesting. Yeah, we could see that park do wonders for for players. Um, Yelich. Yeah, yeah, obviously <laughs> Yelich was a big one. Uh, one that you know we wanted to see a swing change in Yelich, and we figured you know in that park would do wonders for him. Obviously, it has, and Urias is another one. I mean, if we could see him lift the ball a little bit more, uh, I, I think we can also see his maybe his Statcast metrics also kind of improve a bit. You know, you you want to see him improve on the eighty six, uh, you know, average eighty six miles per hour average exit velocity. If he can improve that a bit in that ballpark. He's definitely one I could see taking a flyer on at second base late in drafts. I think he made a swing change in the because if you look at his triple A stats after he got sent back down after the beginning of last year, yeah. he hit for like all that power. I think it was because he started lifting the ball more. So I think he already made that change a little bit. I think the hit tool's always been there. He's a former top prospect for a reason. I think he's a post hype sleeper in a sense. I think he's have some solid fantasy value. I like him late in drafts. I really do. And Again, he was ranked 30th for me. I could see myself taking him over Cano for the upside. Yeah. Wong, Wong, I have a hard time taking because I, I know he's I know he's good for the steals, but I'm not buying into much else. So it's like him and like Odor, 
he's such a drag on batting average. He's almost a negative producer there. Like he oh, almost yeah. hurts. He almost hurts you more than he helps. Even though there, there is a chance for you know close to thirty bombs and double digit uh, stolen bases, but it's like I'm I'm ready to move like Urias and Magical above these guys. And Tommy Listella is the one that becomes interesting because he's just a safe. You know, he he was another swing change guy. He's gonna be hitting probably top of the lineup because of his on base skills. He's you know between just a high batting average guy and yeah, he doesn't strike out. And so it's like he's the type of guy. It's like safe floor versus upside. Team needs dictate a lot of these in this final in this like you know bottom tier where these names are being talked about. But one guy I want to bring up, and I'm just curious what you think about him is Carter Kibum. I have him ranked at 24th. I think I might be a little high on him, but I anticipate him being a starter in that in that Nationals lineup coming you know opening day, and we've seen what he can do in the minor leagues. I yeah, absolutely. Want, I'm curious. What, I mean, where do you have him ranked? I have him ranked 23rd. Oh, okay, so, so um, you're technically higher than me. So okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, you know, he's a top prospect. Uh, I think he has a ton of potential. You know, uh, Brian Dozier's a free agent, so there's a spot for him. There's a spot for for Kibum to to come up and get a hold of. And I mean, yeah, well, we saw last year third base hit, is also available too right now. Uh, yeah, potentially if Rendon doesn't come back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you got to think they'd keep one of Rendon and Strasburg. We'll see. No, they're they're saving their money for Soto, and they're still paying Scherzer, and they won their World Series. Now they have an excuse to rebuild. Yeah, well, I mean, then there you go. There's another spot for for him <laughs> right there. We see him just yeah. He he absolutely crushed the ball last season in AAA, hitting 316 home runs in 109 games. So. Yeah, uh, Kibum, that's a good call, a good up, high upside call. Uh, right now, Steamer has him projected for uh, 261 average and 17 home runs right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's and probably five, much better than the 23rd second baseman. And five stolen bases. And Steamer is known to be very, um, what's the word? Conservative? Conservative, yes. Yeah. I mean, they have Urias for 15 and five, which is weird. I didn't see that. Huh, not bad. All right, well. I think that's going to do it. Any other names you want to drop before we get out of here? Or? Um, no, I mean, yeah, at this point, yeah, we you're looking at, I mean, <laughs> we talked about a lot of guys. Yeah. We kind of went through this whole position here. It's like I said, the, as a whole, it's pretty shallow. You got that top five. And then after that, it's, it's kind of a toss up. You can go any which way. A lot of times it's going to depend on how your draft goes. Maybe you end up top 10. <laughs> top 10 as well. As right. Good. I'd be it. comfortable with one of the top 10 as my starting second baseman for sure. So you got to make sure you pretty much got to make sure you grab one of those guys. Cause you're, if you're left, you know, Moustakis having is probably the, like it's funny cause we both don't rank Mustakis 11th, but I would have no problem ranking him at 11th and taking him as the 11th uh, just cause of the safety that's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I ended up with Mustakis as my second baseman, I wouldn't feel too bad about but it. Now, if you're, <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, if you're left, like, with no second baseman, you got to take a shot on, you know, Kevin Newman or any of these guys up here, Eduardo Escobar. It's weird. Uh, like, I'm okay with Edmund, but I'd rather Edmund be either a utility bench piece or my middle infielder. Field, not, yeah, exactly. Not my, not my starting second baseman. Yeah, yeah. Or if you, if you need some batting average late, you know, you could possibly draft like Luis uh, Arias. Um, Ugh, I just dropped him out of my top 30. Yeah. <laughs> I found a reason. Madrigal is my reason, man. I'm not an Arias guy. Do you want, like? I'm that could be the last guy we discussed a little bit. I think it's strictly batting average. I don't see what the allure is. I don't see the potential for power. I don't see the track record for it. I don't see the potential for speed. There's no track record of that either. Why are people thinking suddenly that he's going to be like a 15-15 guy with a 330 average? Yeah, no, it, it's all batting average with him. But I, I'm not the only one hearing this, right? Like this is like a common like thought with him, right? Like I'm not going cuckoo. No, no, you're right, and so okay. you could. You see that, you know. I've seen he's another guy that, right? You see it on Twitter. You see it in some drafts right now too. Um, And I just don't see it. I don't see anything else other than uh, batting average. All right, good. I'm not going crazy, or at least not completely crazy. On that note, we're gonna call it a night, man. This was a quick and easy pod, but we really hit like close to like 25 plus names. So (laughs) we will be doing ranking update updates as the season gets closer. But until then, this is our second base preview. Appreciate you listening. Just a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. George is at jmontanez90. And Bases Loaded Pod can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Bases Loaded Pod. 
Don't forget to check us out on um, Patreon at patreon.com slash fantasybaseball. And a rating review as always, guys. We appreciate any that you give. And if not, we just appreciate your general support. Hit us up on Twitter with any questions. Glad to help. And uh, as always, guys, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon.